The following is not legal advice coming from an attorney. Nothing more than a father speaking from his own experience. Should you need actual legal advice, contact an attorney. It's time for another episode of The Father's Truth. The show where real men band together, stand up for father's rights, and bring the father's truth out of the darkness, out of the darkness, and in to the light. Giving fathers a voice everywhere. A broadcast brought to you by the Father's Lives Matter Network. Here's your host, Alan Donovan. All right, guys. So it's that time of the week again. We've got another episode of The Father's Truth. Tonight, I've got Damian uh, Chango on with me. Damian, how you doing, buddy? Good. Uh, thanks for having me. And um, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, everybody out there advocating for dads like me and um, Evil's, Evil Stepmoms United, which actually uh, plugged me in with you. Yep. She's doing a real big crutch and work she does is great. And I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm actually um, in talks to get her on the show. So hopefully here in a couple of weeks or whatever, I'll be able to connect with her and get her on the show. But so you reached out to me. You got a pretty significant story going on. So we've talked a couple of times in the past before we got you on and you kind of conveyed to me what was going on. So I'm going to just going to let you take off with it. Okay. Yeah, I got uh, it's um, it's bizarre. And I've had people that, you know, good friends of mine that I've known for decades that even said if they didn't know me and didn't know the other party and what was going on, it's just, it's, it, it, it can't be true because you just never think that a mother would, would do the things that she's doing, but let alone the judicial system that's put in place to protect relationships would be an advocate for that. You know, it's, and it's just, uh, and like I said, everything's verifiable. I have, you know, outside of my, my court documents and records, I have, you know, a virtual drive that has just everything that, you know, that people can make the judgment for themselves, but it's pretty cut and dry. And, you know, it's, it's been 18 months now and it's, it's so bizarre. There's so many twists and turns and it's just, you just don't think that, you know, being an American and having the system that we have, that you can just get failed as, as much as I have. Especially now, in, in, now in when did this all, when did this all start for you? The actual proceedings or well, the, just the, the situation itself. The situation itself, you know, uh, me and my kids' mom were having issues. You know, back we came from Carlsbad and uh, um, wanted a fresh start. So you know, we were, I was looking at buying a local business here years ago, and uh, put my house up for sale. I dumped every penny I had, my 401k, my Merrill Lynch accounts into a remodel for my house to try and get top dollar in Carlsbad and came up here and I actually ended up purchasing a business that I was looking at prior to coming up here. And uh, that was back, it's been about six years. So I come up, bought some property, bought some houses, bought, got some land, bought businesses and uh on the you know the premise that you know kids are going to come back and everything so it's been about five about five or six years that that the situation started but the actual litigation and the situation with my child uh been about 18 months and fifty thousand dollars so when i reference my child um i'm also also references referencing the two stepchildren that I've raised for over a decade that were not biologically mine. 
So just for people to keep that uh, keep that in mind, because um, I I raised the other two like they're my own. One one was you know three years old. The other one was barely crawling. So okay, and, and so now basically you're alienated from all three of them. Then yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So. How so? How did it all begin? Was it? I mean, just slowly at first. Was she building up to it, or did she just jump right into it? She's really diabolical, and the way I mean, she's really intelligent, and she's really manipulative, and fools a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, getting into when I came up here, um, the gentleman she was with, she knew for three weeks over the phone and moved in with him, took the kids, and break up after break up, coming back to me for support, then going back to him, and then decided, you know, um, that that she wanted to come back and kids wanted to come back. So the situation ended up being, um, she, I went and I picked up all the kids' belongings from uh, Twin Falls, Idaho, and I had the kids here for, all the kids for a year. And uh, one thing she told me in the very beginning, very beginning, um, if I ever started seeing or dating somebody, I'd never see my kids again. And that's the only promise she's ever kept to me. So I had the kids here for, I had all the kids here for a year by myself, you know, running a local business here. And and I live in in a resort town, which our primary income is uh, uh, anglers from all all over the world come here to do trout fishing. So we're, you know, our, our, our community and, and county for that matter um, is really dependent on, on tourist, uh, it's a tourist trap. Mm-hmm. So about from April to November, it's balls to the wall, gritty, grindy, everybody's working. If you're not a business owner, then you're working in every single, you know, restaurant or bar or general store or gas station to make ends meet because in the wintertime, our town completely shuts down. Yeah. So everybody, everybody here is working, hustling, and bustling, and 16, 17 hour days, regardless of what you do. So I had the kids here for an entire year, um, you know, maintaining, you know, my, my business and uh, still make, still at home, you know, I uh, making dinner and, and taking them to school, having them involved in sports and uh, th- just hold my own. And um, uh so after a year of everything going down, she, you know, finally realized that or found out that I, after I admitted that I was seeing somebody and then so Father's Day two years ago, she comes and picks the kids up and takes them back to wherever she's living at the time. And then uh, assuming they're only going to be gone for the summer, but that obviously wasn't the case. Okay. So now there's there's a lot of complexity to your story from what yes. you've told me on the phone it's, and everything. It could be like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could basically be, you know, a Hollywood miniseries, essentially. It, it could. And I, yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't doubt if I get offers after this, you know, to 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 do it. I mean, that's just, it's so misconstrued and and it's just so bizarre, you know, but I mean, in the respect that it happened to me and but it happens to other, other families too. Yeah. So um, that's where it began was when she came and she took the kids Father's Day of uh, 2018, I believe, is when it started. Now, now did she tell you anything beforehand or were you just under the understanding that, 
you know, this was going to be a visit with her and then they would be back with you afterwards. I assumed that in the beginning, but because she's really secretive, obviously, and uh, the dynamics of her relationship were just so, so tumultuous, you know, I just, I just thought they were going to be back, you know, but after thinking about it, um, it's always after the fact when I realized I've been duped again. You know, it's not, it's not something that I just, I had so much faith and, and, and I believed in all the stuff she said, even though I shouldn't have, I was just blind to it. Well, you know, and I think that that's a common issue that as fathers, you know, a lot of us fall into that trap. I mean, you know, I fell into it, you know, and pretty much every dad that I've had on this show, they've dealt with this in some form, you know, they think they're told one thing. You know, and you want to believe it. You want to have, you know, you want to have the best intentions for that person. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And unfortunately, it seems like 99.9% of the time, this is what ends up happening. The dad ends up getting screwed. And then, you know, here you are fighting to see your kids. And that just opens up a whole new can of worms. And so you you had a lot of issues with a particular judge down there, correct? Yeah, but yeah, and yeah, the uh, Judge Mark, Mark Madgett of Mono County. Um, but let me go ahead and start and tell you why I did what I did. Um, when she had left, you know, she uh, moved in with a, a married guy at the time, and uh, they had moved uh, eight times in the period of four years. And the last move they made, um they moved in they bought a camper trailer and moved into a parking lot of a sports bar and so this obviously this is after the fact after the kids had been taken back and everything um i have had you know her daughter which everything and everything i'm telling you in this story is 100 percent verifiable no smoke and mirrors it's 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 provable um they went back you know all the kids went back with her and i had her daughter uh, message texting me and snapchatting me I want to come back I want to come back I don't like it here I want to be with my friends because um, uh, our kids are fourth generations of this town so it, the history runs deep they have you know their great-grandmothers here their aunts their uncles their cousins plus lifetime friends and, and other people that have been here for generations this town is is based on history you know so after I had found out that they weren't coming back and they moved into a camper trailer of a sports bar. I said, you know what? I don't have any right to the other two. I'm going to come get my son. And when you guys can show some stability and have a place for more than six months, then we can discuss about sending them back. But right now, the way that your guys' relationship is always so rocky, and you guys are bouncing back and forth. I said, he needs stability. He needs routine. He needs to be around family. He needs to be around people he knows. He needs to be in the same school. Now, okay? how, old, how old was your son at this point in time? At that time, I was seven years old. Okay. Seven years old, and uh, his sister was almost 13, and his, uh, uh, well, half-sister and half-brother was 11. So I went, and I visited all of them um, in Elko. That's, that's where they lived at that time. And uh, I went, and I visited with them, and then I brought him back home with me. And... Everything, every step that I took prior to doing what I did, I made sure that I was on a legal basis to do it. 
Um, I have very strong ties to law enforcement in this town. Um, and I checked to make sure that I was in the right, even though I knew I was, I was in the right. And I did that. And I said, you know what? If the other kids want to come back, they're more than welcome. The, every, they all have their own bedrooms. I have a five-bedroom house. You know, they all have their own separate bedrooms, and they're, they're comfortable. They're around everybody they know. So I go up there. I pick up my son. You know, I spend a weekend with them, pick up my son, and bring him back home. Next thing you know, I'm getting served at his school with an ex parte order that uh, the mother had made. On the way back, she had had she had me she uh, tried to get me arrested for kidnapping. I was on the news in Nevada, all over Nevada. I was on the news. I was on the news because we get, I'm so close to the Nevada border, we get a lot of our news from Nevada. Mm -hmm. I'm on the, the news in California. And it isn't until I get back into Bridgeport where I got people saying, hey, dude, you're on the news for kidnapping. You have an APB out on you. And I'm like, oh, shit. So immediately um, after I get the details, I call the sheriff in Elko and I tell him, hey, this is what's going on. And I said, you know, I, I said, I told her I was going to come pick him up. And she lied to you guys. And so this kidnapping thing, um, you can either tell the media to take my name and take the story down, or I'm going to come through and I'm going to run through your department and the news outlet like a train through cardboard boxes. Mm -hmm. I said, because this is absolutely absurd and you're slandering my character and slandering my name. So after your, we had about a 15-minute talk, he actually apologizes to me and says, you know what, I'm sorry. He said, you are on the right. All the information she gave us was wrong. And in turn, the media, uh, it was Elko Free Daily Press, the same thing. You know, they pulled my story and everything. So after the story was updated and I was cleared of any wrongdoing, uh, my child's mother took the original story and everything that, was, that, that she had initially reported and took it to the court in Elko to file an ex parte order saying my, my child was kidnapped and persuaded the judge to give her an ex parte order. So I'm at school and she texts me, where's my son? I said, your son's in school. We're at school right now. Your son's fine. I've been, I took care of your kids for an entire year by myself. So obviously there's no threat. Yeah. And one of my friends came and served me the papers. I look at the papers and I, you know, I kind of laughed and said, hey, what, am I getting served? He's all, yeah. And I was like, okay, you go ahead and give them back to her because my child were technically domiciled in Mono County. Okay, they'd lived here for a year and they're domiciled here. And he says, Damien, I know that they're domiciled here. He's I know she's lying, but I have to serve you these papers because this is my job. And and he did. You know, his hands were tied. He, he yeah. had he, he had a job to do and I, I couldn't be mad at him because it's just, you know, he knows she's lying, but at the same time, this is what I gotta do. Yeah, he's just the messenger. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's the one you know, that's so. been tasked with doing this shitty job. Yeah, so we're in the school, and, and you know, the, uh, the superintendent was there, great guy. Um, they take me, you know, into a room in the back, say, so what's going on? And I, I give them a story. So, you know, she came, she took the kids from me, and, you know, um, and, you know, she's upset because, you know, I'm with somebody, and you know, she has regret of what she's done through her life, but that, that's what it is. And, you know, they're upset. They're upset for me, visibly upset for me, and, you know, my kids – Sorry. No, take your time, bud. Not a problem. 
I know it's it's tough to tell these stories. He's crying because he doesn't want to go back. And um, so let me backtrack a little bit. When I when I picked him up and I brought him back, um, out of his mouth too, he's like, "Dad, he's all even though Bridgeport's a smaller town than Elko, I still want to be in Bridgeport. I don't want to be in Elko." And I said, "You know that that makes me feel good, you know." And I I got proof of that too. You know, and um, so he ends up getting taken back with his mom. And at that point, um, I have to hire legal counsel in Elko to fight the kidnapping charges that were already exonerated and to fight this ex parte order. And in turn, I had to hire legal counsel here in order to offset that and try to get my child back to where he's domiciled back with me. So all that, you know, it goes, um, charges obviously get dismissed and it comes down to our court trial here in Mono County where I am on the phone with my legal counsel in Elko, with my child's mother and with uh, the Honorable Judge Kaysen in Elko and present in the courtroom here in Mono County, it is myself, my legal counsel here in, in, in Mono County and Judge Magic. So um, we're going through the ex parte order and Judge Kaysen on the phone finds out that she had falsified documents. She had deliberately given the wrong documents to get the ex parte order. And he shreds her apart on the phone saying, you made a mockery of my courtroom. You lied, you try to have this man arrested. You try to have his liberties and freedoms taken from him. And, and he just rips her and he says, you know what? I'm gonna hold you in contempt. Um, I'm gonna order you to pay his legal fees for what you did. And I'm going to suggest to the judge in Mono County that the child is returned back to his county of domicile back with the father immediately. And he just tears her apart. And Judge Magic sits there and he's looking and everybody's watching him and he goes, nah. We're gonna let him stay with his mom until we figure out what's going on. No and shit. The, the county clerk, wow. the bailiffs, there was like a gasp. And my attorney immediately says, how are you gonna reward this woman for almost having this guy arrested over you know, bullshit charges and, and, and fabricated stories by some falsifying false documents? And he said, well, we have to find out where the child's live because at that point she had told, she had told Judge Kaysen and Elko and Judge Magic that um, the children were born and raised in Elko and have never, be, never even been in California. You know, as she's pulling up to court with California plates on her car. Wow. You know, so then at this point, he's like, well, we need to prove, you know, domicile and everything. So here I am, I'm getting school records, I'm getting report cards, I'm getting uh, athletic reports, I'm getting all the awards, everything to show that the kids have lived here for an entire year. I even have the su district superintendent write me an affidavit telling him, nope, he's right. Kids have been here the entire year. They've only been gone for the summer. So right then, kid, he, he vacates it and sets it up. He sets it up for the, the, the proof of domicile trial. And then that's the next step. So I come up, I show the proof of domicile. I show the, how tumultuous the relationships are. She, she's there the, the kid they're fighting in front of the kids on a regular basis my son even told minors counsel 
that they fight all the time. They fight in front of us. Okay. I, and I, I explained, I have the UC, UCCJEA documenting eight different addresses that they've lived at. Okay. And she sits there and denies it, but you can go ahead and Google her name or, or spoke yell her name and half the addresses come up that she denies being at. We've never broken up. We've had this cheery peachy relationship. I send them documents of her coming at me every time they break up. Okay. Um, I show her documents of her saying that she smacked the shit out of them, which isn't a surprise because I had to call the cops on her for domestic violence back in 2006. And I even have that report uploaded. I even submitted that report to the judge. I said, she's fighting in front of the kids. She's instable. They're moving from place to place. Now they're living in a camper trailer in a parking lot. She's sitting there lying to you saying they never broke it up. Here's four breakups right here, you know, and, and domestic violence against her, you know? So he tells me, well, you know, and well, how the relationship culminate? And I said, well, you know what? She met him on the phone. He was a married guy and they moved in together. And he says, well, you know what? Relationships got to start somewhere, you know? So it's okay that, you know, I'm married and, and I have this side chick that comes in and anytime I get pissed off, I just go back with my wife which let me stop right there. She even came in, you know, texted me one time, said he upset. I caught him cheating on me with, with his wife. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Can you say that to me again? Wow. You caught him cheating on you with his wife. You know, judge dismiss it. Royce got, got to start somewhere. And then he tells me, you know what, Mr. Chango, you're the one that's creating instability. He seriously told you that. He told me I was the one creating instability. Wow. And I was like, how do you figure when we, these kids have only been gone? So it was June. It was Father's Day of 2018, June, July. We're three months. We're, our first trial is in August, I believe. And he's the one telling me I'm creating instability, even though they've moved from Elko to Twin Falls back to Elko. And who knows where else? Because I've only had addresses of where she's been one time. And that's when I helped her get her apartment. And he but tells yet, me you're, that. But yet you're the problem. I'm the problem. I create wow. instability. So he Unreal. before he made know any judgment he wanted to figure out where they lived and everything you know and and obviously i proved uh where he was and he was still he still ordered my son to live in a county where he wasn't domiciled in until he until the next court date okay so during the, that trial um going back to the camper trailer um they, they had lost an apartment and moved it and, and got the tow camper okay um my kid was I'm not talking about a fifth wheel. I'm not talking about a big fifth wheel that has slide outs and everything. I'm talking about a tow camper that you could hook up to a Toyota Tacoma. And take up okay. in the woods. Yeah, weekend kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So my kid is sharing a bed that is, that is sort of in a twin bed with his 11-year-old brother and, you know, not knowing where they're going to live again, you know. And, and so uh, Madge's response, well, the living condition isn't ideal. I said, okay, it's not ideal. All right. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't really think that you'd allow your son or your child to live in the conditions that mine do. And let me make this point also. Um, Mark Magic does not have children. Okay. Uh, Therese Hankel, which was uh, assigned by minors counsel by the judge, does not have children. And I don't like to bring politics into stuff, but they are left wing. And you already know about, you know, Cancel Father's Day, no Father's oh, yeah. Day. They advocate yeah. for for fathers not to have, have yeah, rights. The, the patriarchy is the worst thing in the world to, yeah. to people. And like I hate that. to bring that into it, but it's, it's, it's true, you know. 
Um, so, you know, the actual trial started, I'm sitting there providing reasons why our son is better off with me. And I'm not asking to keep him for the rest of his life. I'm asking, you know what? Our son needs to stay with me until they can at least keep a place for a year, maybe two years, but a year at the minimum. When you show me you can live in one place for a year, let's talk about you getting, getting the kid back, you know, but the apartments that they've had, they've had roommates. After the roommate moved out, bam, there they are. They're gone. They're moving out, you know? Wow. So, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's some serious stability issues with oh, absolutely. boyfriend. I mean, you know, when it comes to the point where you're living in a tow camper in the parking lot of a bar, that's, that, that goes beyond, you know, unideal living conditions. Yeah. So we have a 13 year old girl who has to use the common shower, you know, in, in the sports bar. Cause they have, you know, for truckers or, or what have you, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting here trying to tell them how I can provide a civil environment. And her whole thing was smearing my name. Okay. So he, so she first said, why did you leave? If he's such a bad guy, why did you leave your kids with him for a whole year? And she goes, Oh, well, I thought he was better. And we're like, thought he was better. How? Well, he's bipolar and he's off his meds. Oh, okay. And I'm like, okay. And the judge, are you bipolar? I'm like, I guess I am now. I didn't know that until today, you know? So then it turns into, um, uh, that, so that, that theory got debunked. And then it was that uh, I was a bank robber. She said, I, I committed bank robbery when I was younger. And then that got debunked. Then she said, I was a cocaine dealer. Then she said, I was a pimp. And, and, and obviously, I'm not, hanging, I'm not gonna be hanging out law enforcement people that are, friends of mine, I'm not gonna put their reputation on the line to hang out with a piece of shit. Yeah, so, you know? so at, the, at this point, she's just throwing shit against the wall and hoping something sticks. Yeah, you know? So then the la her last ditch effort, um, her older, her older brother, uh, really great guy, you know, a lot of her family, I, I, I put this on the record now, a lot of her family are really, really great people. And I appreciate, you know, their support because they, they do support me over her, but her uh, older brother, um, he was air force, uh, flying, uh, jumbo jet and nodded off at, at the cockpit and turned out that he had advanced melanoma. So I, I got the kids in July of, like my dates might be wrong. I got the kids in July and he was diagnosed with cancer that following September. So then she comes back and says, well, I let my kids stay with him because my oldest brother was dying of cancer and I didn't want them to make the commute from Elko to Reno to the hospital. I, I didn't want to see him in that condition. But the whole thing was nobody knew he had cancer until two and a half months after the fact. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and then, so then she says, and he wouldn't even let my kids see him in the hospital. Well, you just said a, a little while ago that you didn't want the kids to see him in that condition. Now you're trying to pin it on me. And the reason I had the kids was because you didn't want to see him in that condition. And now you're telling me that I'm not gonna, that I wouldn't let them go to the hospital. Yeah, I didn't let them go to the hospital. Like, after what I seen, I'm not going to let them have the last image of their uncle, like all, you know, piped up and, you know, yeah. breathing artificially. You know what I mean? So it's, it was just one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And it, I just, I, I kept proving it wrong. So Nobody it, knew about it. let me ask you this, as she's rolling through, you know, excuse after excuse after excuse for, you know, the person that you are, 
it, what is the judge saying this whole time as she's going from you know, just, bipolar? He just rolls with it. He just rolled you know, with he, it. Huh? He rolls with it. And so what she does is she downloads, I'm assuming she downloads this video off of YouTube. And she says, and, 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 and everything I'm telling you is compressed into like two or three trials. Okay, this isn't, this isn't the, that day. Yeah. This is over the course of two or three trials. Because we've been going through this trial for 18 months. We've had, I don't, 10 trials maybe. I, I don't know. But, you know, she comes up with this thing and she says, I have a video of him doing cocaine. So what's the video? And it's, I didn't see the video. But um, it's, it's, uh, Somebody, it's somebody uh, doing a line of something on a coffee table. No faces, no nothing. So, so th um, that was her, that was her proof of you doing cocaine. Was that? Yeah. Well, because yeah, because I'm a cocaine dealer. <laughs> now, backtracking again, um, when she had left the kids with me for that year, she was flying all over the country, going to EDC, going to Dead Mouse, going to raves, going to electronica concerts. And she was texting me or messaging me, oh, oh, yeah, I've taken so much ecstasy, so much ecstasy, you know, and I'm showing the judge this. Here, like, she, uh, this, you want to know why she left the kids with me? Because she wanted to flip and party for a year. I said, there, there she is out of the horse's mouth telling you why I have the kids, you know. And, and then after that comes out, oh, well, you know, I, I bet, like, both of you guys have done drugs in your days. You know, all of a sudden now that, that I have proof out of her mouth that the reason I had the kids for a year, then it's, it's vindicated. Okay. So the third trial or so, um, um, and let me come back. I'm sorry. I'm jumping around. Uh, I have a older son, Malachi. He, uh, he just graduated high school last summer. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had custody of him since he was three years old. Okay. I got custody of him when I lived in San Diego in a very liberal court system with the woman judge. And I got custody of him for maybe a, a quarter of what my kid's mom now has done. So I've raised him um, from three years old. He was an honor roll student. He was, you know, getting looked at by major colleges, came up here, did his thing, graduated, back down in San Diego right now, and he's working and uh, planning on joining the military. So we're sitting there during the trial, and she pulls out this you know, random uh, Coke video. So the judge tells me, Mr. Chango, would you like your son to go stand out in the waiting room while we watch this video? And my attorney's like, she has video doing cocaine? I said, no. I said, he's not going nowhere. I said, she doesn't have anything. I said, whatever she has is, is BS, just like the kidnapping charges and everything leading up to this. At this point, you would think he knows better. You know, I'm not dealing with a, a normal person. I'm dealing with a pathological liar. So I said, no. My son is going to sit right here and let her go ahead and show you what, you, what he has or she has. She has nothing. Obviously, she has nothing because it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. you know? So that right there, I started getting the inkling, okay, this guy's actually against me because he's questioning me. My integrity and my um, credibility shouldn't be on the line right now. Everything that I've proven, everything I've showed, I've showed the domestic violence reports, I showed her talking about smacking up her boyfriend. I showed her going out to parties and, and doing ecstasy and, and dropping acid and all that shit. And you're still sitting there questioning me like you want my kid to walk out? No, dude. You know, so so with that, and that that goes off. And so we come to another trial. Let me take a drink real quick. So now, main trial begins. I think this is, might be third or fourth. Okay. 
So um, we're, we're in a, another trial and things are getting underway and he's supposed to have all those findings and his discoveries and everything lined up, you know? So um, I'm on the stand and my attorney is going through the steps you're supposed to, to establish credibility, who I am, what I've done, whatnot. And she's bringing up um, our past relationships and everything else. So this trial, her and her boyfriend are sitting in the courtroom. As I'm getting examined and cross-examined, they're sitting there laughing, audibly, chuckling, giggling after every answer I give, because if you can imagine how she had strung me along, she'd also been stringing him along this whole time. But, you know, I'm, I don't want to talk bad about the guy because he's not here, but he's not the sharpest apple in the basket. Okay. Not he's not a bright guy. Yeah. And and but I mean at the same time, she's so manipulative, you know, and, and for him it's just it's just a go-go. So they're sitting here, they're laughing, they're they're you know, mocking me and everything. And then the recess comes up and I go, Okay, is the judge gonna say anything about laughing? Oh, don't worry, he notices everything, he knows everything. I said, Well, you know what? If I was a, if if we were back in that courtroom that with the original judge Kaysen. He would say, you know what, you need to shut, you know what, you need to get out of here. Shut your mouth and get out of here. You know, so they're laughing. They're, they're all make, making, you know, a joke about it and everything. You know, so all the claims that I'm making that I have proof for and all the, the fake allegations that she has provided, the judge decides to unilaterally assign minors counsel to my son. And this goes back to, I'm telling you, uh, you know, Trace yeah. Hank, you know, another, um, you know, childless you know, advocate for, for, for children, for parents, you know, so, um, so we're going to find out what's going on. So I'm going to sign, you know, Therese Hankel, blah, 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 blah. So he assigns, uh, you know, her to the case and, um, you know, she comes to my house. Oh, and let me go back and tell you, she tells, uh, the judge that my house is infested with rats, uh, you know, wasps and, and mice and the kids are terrified to be there, which is kind of remarkable if they're asking me months later to move back. You know, so Therese says, hey, I'm going to come. Um, where can we meet? And I said, come to my house. You know, I could have met her at the library, at the park, sheriff department. Come to my house. Come see how I live. You know, I got a 3,000 square foot home, two story home with, you know, one of the one of the biggest houses in this county. And obviously I don't have I don't I I could turn my camera around and show you my house that I live in with, with my girlfriend now. It's, it, it's immaculate. You know, I, 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 when I, I clean with two tips and I'm really ornate. So she comes, she, you know, I tell her what's going on, give her the story, everything I've told you thus far, decides to go take the trek to Elko, to the camper trailer. Goes in the camper trailer and she's like, oh, and then I get the report. Yeah, I talked to him. It was really clean and you know, the kids kind of seem happy, you know, but they miss you, la, la, la. So then after Act of Discovery, we get signed yet another trial for discovery of what Miners Council has dis discovered. So at this point, this is what, the fourth or fifth trial? This is the fourth or fifth one, okay? okay. And um, so we go, go to trial, and, uh, you know, after submitting all of the kids' school records, Ex excellence in, in academics, their achievements, their awards, everything. Um, Lisa shows up to this trial, but she's unaccompanied by her boyfriend this time. Um, 
Oh, it's, and he works, he works in a gold mine in, in Elko. And one thing too, when we're in trial, the, the judge sits there and makes it a point to thank him for supplying the world with our natural resources that he risks his life every day to harvest. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. It was, I was looking like really like it's, I was, it was, it was sickening, you know, so we get into trial and, and I'm in the conference room with, with my attorney and the county clerk comes in and she's like, Hey, you know, um, I, I've heard through the grapevine that I think, you know, the, that, uh, that Therese is going to recommend that Gannon stays with you because she's highly unstable. Now, Lisa had turned to the self help courts at the courthouse and there's been the people at the courthouse refused to help her because they said, we're not, she's unstable. We're not going to help her. So she wants help. She's gonna have to find it herself. So they, we, we go to court, go to court day, you know? So, and we're in there and I'm thinking, okay, well, I know it's not in the bag yet, but let me just go see how this pans out. Lisa ends up showing up. She sits there on the defendant, you know, uh, table. I'm at my table and, you know, minors counsel sits next to her and immediately papers start being exchanged. Like, okay, um, like what's going on? She was asked to provide documentation about uh, my son's school performance. But you gotta keep in mind, this is the woman that's been falsifying documents since the beginning. Yeah, and so it's, it's not gonna be legit stuff. There, yeah, and, still, and we'll get to that in another trial. They're still, they're not. So she's giving them this and giving them that. So at the end of the trial, she does a complete 180. You know, well, a camper trailer. Oh, and so, and they bought a pit bull. Well, a pit bull puppy that my son was constantly complaining about being nipped at, eating the stuff, mm -hmm. getting bitten all the time. You know, and the judge, you know, makes this comment. Well, the thing about pit bulls, either you like them or you don't. You know, people who like pit bulls or they don't like pit bulls. But I know one thing, I wouldn't want to be in between you and a pit bull. But it's okay for my seven-year-old to be. You know, as he's sitting there laughing. So then, so after that, you know, I, 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 uh, uh, suggested the kid stays with his mom. Okay, what have you? So uh, uh, phone uh, phone visitation is ordered, which I would hope it is. And I'm ordered to call at 4:30. Okay, call at 4:30 religiously, four days a week. Call at 4:30. If I do get to talk to him, which hardly ever happened, they are he's either sitting in the couch in between his mom and her boyfriend. Or he's across the room as they're loud, they're obnoxious, they're trying to pull his attention away. There was one time I was talking to him and she's all, hey, look, isn't that weird that there's one spot on the screen and there's not any other spots in the entire camper? I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to talk to my kid here. So she's you know, doing, So they're doing everything they can to disrupt your phone call time with him. Constantly pulling his attention away, you know? And then she's they, just like in the courtroom, they sit there and they'd mock him. They'd make jokes. They'd laugh. You know, so if I called at 435, I'm not talking to my kid. I get a text that calls, call when you're supposed to or you don't, or, or you don't talk to him. Okay, so we go back to trial again. And I said, look, dude, I said, I can't talk to my kid. I can't talk to my kid in private. I said, I'm, he's constantly being belittled. I said, he's being, he's being, you know, they're helicoptering over him. He's constantly getting his attention pulled from him. And, and I need to have, you know, contact with my child. So instead of enforcing the order, he goes, okay, well, how about we change the time to 7.30? Will that work for you? And she's like, oh, that would be great. So instead of enforcing the order, here we go. We're going to change the time to 7.30. But guess what? I call at 
oh, you're going to have to call back later because the kids have sports. You need to call back. You need to call back in half an hour before he goes to bed. Oh, okay, great. So now, you know, I, uh, because he molded a court order, I don't get to talk to my kid. Okay, the visitation situation was every weekend, I'm allowed to drive up to Elko and see my son, okay? On three-day weekends and holidays or what have you, I'm supposed to have my son. Mm-hmm. I would drive to Elko and I would get either, I, I wouldn't see my kid for four or five hours until she was damn good and ready. Sometimes the next day, it, 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 whatever, whenever she felt it was time for me to get my son or get, see the kids, which I haven't been able to, it was on her terms when she was ready to do it, you know? So, um, so uh, one time, um, I, I, I go up there and, uh, I, I said, Hey, you know, I'm, it was Easter. I go to see my kid on Easter and I want to surprise my kid in Easter. So I come up. And I was like, hey, I'm here, you know, get my kid for Easter. And she's like, oh, well, we're down at the ball field because the kids have soccer games. So you need to come here. I drive there. They're not there. Oh, come over here. Drive there. They're not there. You know, and I was like, I, I want my kid. I finally get my kid six hours later, you know. Holy crap. Yeah, you know. And so um, then he makes a stipulation. And we go back to court about that. He makes a stipulation. Oh, well, you need to start giving her 48 hours notice and ask permission to come up to see your kid. Okay, the court orders are written, you know, court orders, be at the meeting spot at five o'clock. If you're going to be late, send an email or send a text. Um, I, I, now I have to ask permission and tell her I'm going to come up and see my kid. I can't surprise my own kid on Easter. You know, okay, great. You know, so there, there's another bend of the order, you know. So, um, the, so the so going back to that court trial that was in December the, the latest one we're on mm-hmm. um, coming up it's in December kids are out of school for Christmas okay um, after and she's in town with all the kids I don't know if she's in town with all the kids I know she's in town but she's not with all the kids so I'm sitting here at my house and then you know one of my friends that owns a resort she's like oh my god it's so great to see your kids and she sends me pictures of them over at the local restaurant with the owner who dresses up as Santa every year. And I was like, wait, my kids are here. And she's like, yeah, you didn't know that. I'm like, no. So I tell my attorney, Hey, the kids are here. She's like, you know, so I'm going to try and get my kid. I called her. And again, this is all on my drive, all verifiable. I call her. I text her. She ignores my text messages, ignores my calls. She she's in town for four days. I even have one of her family members tell me, you know what, dude, Okay, she told me that her phone died. So she calls me when she gets back to Elko. Oh, sorry, I didn't bring a charger. My phone died. And I was like, so you're telling me you're in town for four days without a phone charger? You can't go to Shell Station and spend five bucks to get a uh, to get a charger? So I don't get my kid for Christmas. And she lets her mom drive from Chalice, Idaho, and take the kids all the way back to Idaho where her and her boyfriend stay behind in the tow camper in Elko. Wow. So I don't I don't get my kid for Christmas. I get him for two I get him for two days before I have to take him back. I make that statement to the judge. I show him exactly what was going on. And he says, well, did you get your see your kid? I said, yeah, for like two days. Well, at least you got to see him. I'm like, dude, I said, first of all, she's taking my kid across state lines without my written consent. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm supposed to have first opportunity if she doesn't want the kid, which I didn't get. She ignored my phone calls and text messages until she got back to Elko. How is that okay? Oh, I got to see him for a day or two before he went back to, back to Elko. 
so this so this judge you know the whole time while this is going on you know she's basically wiping her ass with those court orders and he's encouraging it essentially exactly that's what and, it comes and down to instead of enforcing the order he bends it for her he manipulates it i'm the one that has to suffer i have to okay now it's not this time now it's that time well now you guys meet at this time instead of meeting at that time well now you need to give her a 48 hours notice and ask permission for you get to go see your kid you know and if you don't have them for the holidays that's fine because guess what i didn't get them for last christmas either I just got my kid for the very first time in 108 fucking days. Two days ago is the first time I've seen or talked or had my kid. And this judge does not give a shit about that. So I went to go get him on President's Day, not this last one, the President's Day last year. Okay. She tells me and tells the judge, I will not drive my son to meet his dad in winter conditions because I am not going to risk his life. You know what Mark Magic says? Well, you might want to reconsider that. And she's like, I'm not going to take them because the roads are so dangerous in Elko, but she's letting her mom drive them all the way through Idaho where the snow was like twice as bad. So we're coming out. And I said, hey, I'm coming to get my kid on President's Day. I have my oldest son in tow. And she's like, well, I'm not bringing him. You're more than welcome to come to Elko to see him, but I'm not bringing him there. I'm not going to risk his life. I said, I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm heading up there, so you need to be there. I'm not going to be there, blah, blah, blah. So I'm driving. Me and my son stop off in Fernley because it's the city before, you know, we get to Lovelock. And uh, we get something to eat. I get to the meeting spot. And um, I, you know, take a picture, send her a text. Where are you? And she's like, oh, we just left. So how about you drive an hour further north or northeast to get him quicker? Well, well, of course. I mean, because the judging will do shit. So what, what do I got to do? My hands are tied. I've already driven three hours. What's another hour, right? I, I drive almost all the way to Winnemucca, and then she texts me. Where are you? I said, I'm almost to Winnemucca. Where are you? And she does this little thing with her, with her text message because the whole time she's texting me, badgering me, and talking shit to me, which is, um, you know, oh, well, I'm at the meeting spot. I'm on what meeting spot? Lovelock? Yeah, I'm here and you're not. And at this time, I'm already fed up. And I'm like, where the fuck are you, Lisa? And she's like, I'm here in Love Block. And I said, I'm almost in Winnemucca. And I said, you told me that you weren't coming. So you're telling me you made it from Elko to Love Lock, which is a three-hour drive. You made that in one hour during these, this torrential, you know, uh, winter storm. So what I did is on the way to Elk, on the way to the meeting spot, I, I got the Nevada DOT uh, freeway cams. Mm -hmm. I took screenshots of the road. The roads were completely clear because it doesn't snow that much in Elko. Yeah. Roads were completely clear. Um, I, I documented all the times I was there. I, I, I did um, the Snapchat filter that tells you that the geo filters that cannot be manipulated. Lovelock, 6.05 p.m., wh whatever time it was, and she wasn't there. So then she ends up being at the meeting spot miraculously within one hour. So she says, "Come, to, you need to drive back to Rye Patch to drop off the kid. We're not going to wait for you. If you're not there, we're going home." And I'm like, "Where the f is Rye Patch? I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't live that deep in, in, in Nevada." Well, you need to Google and find out where it is. Um, oh, that's nice. Okay, so here I am googling Rye Patch. It's 30 miles back the other direction. So I have to backtrack. Wow. So I drive all the way down to Rye Patch. I'm waiting for them for like 15 minutes. Okay, so this is the turning point. 
of of the relationship with my stepchildren, this is where everything where everything turns because mind you, um, at the the I had her daughter texting me and Snapchatting me, begging me to come back. The visitation before that we met, um, that she was late to, her son. I went and took Gannon to the restroom. Her son jumped out of their car and came up to me and said, Damien, I want to come back. I want to come back and move with you. I don't want to be with Eduardo. I don't want to be with my mom. I don't like Elko. I said, you know what? I said, unfortunately, I said, I don't have the same rights to you as I do as your brother. I said, but you know what? This all lies within your mom. I said, you yeah. need to tell her you want to be back. And, and you guys, you have, you still got your bedrooms. You still got all your toys. All your friends are there, you know, but I can't really do anything beyond that, you know? So um, with this whole kidnapping fiasco, she has been controlling all the children with with fear and guilt or with fear, because she would tell the judge that every time Gannon would hear a noise in the in the camper trailer, he would be worried about getting kidnapped, and he would run into their room and shaking uncontrollably, thinking he was going to get kidnapped again. So you know, going back to to the right patch. So we get to right patch, and uh, her her son gets out of the car. I'm like, hey buddy, how's it going? doesn't say nothing. Her daughter gets out of the car. I'm all, hey, hey kids, how you guys doing? And they, they look at me and they look at her mom and her mom goes, mm. and they look at her and they get back in the car and shut the door. And that was a turning point for our relationship. That's at that point, it was either you do as I say, you do as my boyfriend says, or you're going to be in deep shit. You know, you're not going to talk to him. He's a kidnapper. He's a bank robber. He's a drug dealer. He's a pimp. He's a, you know, bipolar or whatever this shit is. You know, and so this is what she's been feeding them, and, and she's been feeding them this the entire time. So this particular incident was a, uh, it's about a year ago, at least a year, around a year ago. You know, so then I got my kid and um, came back, and uh, and and had a, had a, had another court case going on. You know, so she's already violated the order. I don't know how many times that I've told you right here, yeah. you know, as far as being in town, not letting me see my kid, lying to me about communication, not letting me talk to my kid on the phone, not on our video chats, you know, let my kid go across state lines and without my written consent, unaccompanied because her and her boyfriend are staying back. And I, Christmas, I don't even talk to my, two Christmas Eves, I have not talked to my son. I didn't even talk to my kid on Christmas Day. Two in a row. Judges don't give a shit, you know. You know what his thing is? Well, I don't know who's telling the truth. You don't know who's telling the truth. Every single thing that I brought to every fucking trial is the same exact thing. I cannot see my kid. I cannot talk to my kid. I did not have video chat with my kid. I cannot visit with my kid. She does not let me visit with my kid. My son has told you and told the attorney that my mom does not let me see or talk to my dad. You know that she falsifies documents. She got ripped by the other judge. You've talked to my son, and you still don't know who's telling the truth. Or do you? Or is this have to fit in your agenda? Because, first of all, you don't know what it's like to be a parent because you've had a Yorkie for 12 fucking years, and you think having a dog constitutes as being a parent. I bet you anything, any amount of money, I'll, I'll put my entire life worth into that that man would not let his child spend four hours with that woman, let alone a weekend or to live with them. Guarantee oh, it. Oh, absolutely. You know, if, it, if this was his kid, you know, this would have been decided a long time ago. Oh, 
yeah. You, know, you wouldn't be looking oh, yeah. at the 5th, 6th, 7th trial yeah. to try and figure something out. I mean, it would have been decided way back when it was an issue of where the domicile was. I mean, that shouldn't even be, that shouldn't even be an issue. You know, yeah, like so, other judge said. Yeah, so let me, now let me tell you something that's also going to blow your mind. Also, verified by court documents. Up until eight days ago, from August up until eight days ago, I had custody of my son. I had, I had legal custody of my son, okay? Domiciled in Mono County. He went with his mom. I sent him with his mom. Judge did not order for him to come back. So my son has been domiciled, and I've had custody of my, legal custody of my son, and it, where is he? The orders didn't change until eight days ago, giving, giving him back to his mom. So this is where we're at so far. So let's recap really quick. His mom has moved nine times in four years, at one point living in a camper trailer in a parking lot. My kids have been in four different school districts in two years, and I'm the one creating instability when I've moved twice in fucking 15 years. When I'm living in her hometown with her family and their friends that I've had support from, I've been coming here, I've been involved in this community for about 16 years, okay? Um, I am, I, I, do you know, do you know what a clamper is? You know what clampers are? I don't. Okay. So clampers were a historical, uh, uh, historical society. We're kind of a secret society. Mm. We do historical preservation. Uh, we, we build monuments for points of interest and historical relevance. We have monuments all over the County from the gold mining era. Um, we, we, we do imbibe a lot, you know, because that's our thing. And also our other main function is we do charity events for wild iris uh, 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 homeless shelters. We're advocates for, for orphans. We, we do drives and donations and runs for displaced families. You know, we, we do all this great stuff for our community, you know. But here she is, you know, she's not telling everybody that when school sports comes around and we have, you know, underprivileged children in town, because we do, we have a couple of trailer parks with kids that are, that, you know, have, Hispanic, you know, upbringing that the parents don't, you know, they fight tooth and nail just to survive. They're not telling you that every year I'm out here donating two, three, four hundred bucks every year to the to the kids to have uniforms so they can play sports. They're not telling you that I'm doing that I'm taking my kids and doing canned food drives at the Salvation Army every Thanksgiving, you know, making sure that people have stuff to eat. They're not telling you that I'm taking Marines in, that I have no family for the holidays because they have nothing else. But I said I'm a monster, I'm a cocaine dealer, it's bullshit. And that judge just doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. And, you know, after, you know, I, I told him about the, the, the stepkids, you know, early on, and he's like, tells her, well, you need to let them, you need to let him get back in their life. Because what kind of mom does not want the only solid father figure their children have ever known? Their last father was a meth dealer, always getting arrested, was always beating her up, always cheating on her, didn't want nothing to do with his kids. And here I am, you know, kids aren't even mine, but they are mine. But you're, you're you know? stepping up. You yeah. know, you're, you're oh, doing what the, I, mean, what I took care of her by do. myself without any help. You know, it didn't ask her for a dime. And I'm happy to do it. You know what I mean? And he just doesn't care. He just doesn't care. You know, it's just whatever, 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 whatever goes wrong on a court order, it's my fault. Okay, well, you guys need to take parenting classes. 
why do I need to take a parenting class? I just raised a kid for 15 years old by myself. I had, you know, I, did, I had no communication with his mom. I, I've talked to her maybe seven times in 15 years. Everything went through him. You know, she didn't, she was a deadbeat. I never got child support from her. I got child support from her for like six months early on. And then she paid an attorney four grand to, to get a knockdown to zero. She was only giving me a hundred bucks a month, you know, and I, I have no issues with her. You know, we don't, we, we don't talk. This is the way it should be. The court order is written. So you don't need to talk, you know, but she keeps dragging this out and constantly violating the order instead of him saying, you know what, damn it. I'm going to put you in contempt because I'm tired of you dicking around, but no, he has to keep it going. He has to keep it going. And let me tell you why he has to keep it going. This county is only 20,000 people deep, okay? 20,000 residents in this entire county. We have maybe four attorneys for the entire county, okay? Um, the, the, we have, uh, I know, three judges. I, I think there's only three. There could be one more. I'm not sure. But if you think about it, um, the attorneys and the judges, they're all in bed with each other. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, it's a ecosystem. Like you have to keep this thing going to make sure the state keeps getting money to make sure the County keeps getting money to make sure the attorneys keep getting paid because there's such, there's, there's so few cases here. So few attorneys, they have to keep dragging it on. You know, they have to keep, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. If that should happen back in San Diego, or if this should happen in Elko, her ass would probably still be in jail for all the, all, all the perjury and contempt. She's oh yeah, got. absolutely. You know? you know, and I think, so, you know, I think that's a pretty common thing too, from, you know, my experience and the other fathers that I've talked to is, you know, a lot of people don't understand that the family custody system, family court comes down to money. That's what it's all about. Everybody it's all, has, it's all money. everybody gets a piece of that pie. Yeah. I'm, I'm $50,000 in right now. And what do I have? Oh, maybe I can see my kid if, if it's okay with her. Cause the judge ain't going to do shit about it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like why even have the judge at that point? You know, you know because so he's not doing the, anything for you. Yeah. So the evidence that she has, um, so like, so let's for instance, let's take the the right patch fiasco when she told me she wasn't coming, and this whole time she's texting me and we're going back and forth, and I'm just I said I need to get my kid, I need to come home, knock your shit off, and then she gets me so fired up, and I just I said you know what, where the fuck are you, Lisa? So she goes through that entire text message. And she cherry picks and edits and deletes all of the stuff that she's doing to where it makes it look like I'm yelling at her and calling her names, mm -hmm. you know? So when it comes to time to, pro to, pro to provide evidence to the court, and this is another issue I have with that judge. I always, I had an attorney, so my evidence was always submitted on time before the court, court date, all the time. Did he ever look at it? No, he didn't look at it. He didn't look at it until he found out that I had a, a, a petition for his recall. And this is about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, he decided to read my, my case cover to cover because he's like, shit, I better cover my ass in case somebody comes after me. Yeah. So all the evidence that I submitted, he never looked at. She would bring her evidence on the day of, which would be fabricated documents, falsified documents, cherry-picked text messages, cherry-picked emails, and say, look, look at this. And then I would get shit on. Yeah. Well, you should start taking an anger management class. I'm like, there's four pages of text messages. How are you only getting half a page out of that? Yeah. You know, he didn't give a shit. He didn't well, look and, at it. And I think one thing, one thing that we need to point out to everybody that's watching this, you know, that hasn't been in the courtroom or hasn't been a part of court proceedings, you know, you have to have everything in 
by a specific time. You know, if you don't get it in by that time, tough shit. It doesn't get, it doesn't get, it's not presented. That's the way it's supposed to work. But here you're finding that she's just putting stuff in, you know, the day of court. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Whatever. We'll, we'll roll with that. Like, like, like the video of me doing cocaine, you know, and, 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 oh, look at this and look at that. Look at this, look at that. And didn't care, you know, just, you know, her, her, her word is gold. You know, and, and at this point, we're still a year deep. Still doesn't know who's telling the truth. Okay. My, my claim, and I can't say story because that's a bad word to describe it, but my claim has been consistent from day one up until they closed the case when I made him close the case eight days ago. If, I don't know if you had a chance to read through my, my declarations, but you'll see all my dec- declarations emulate one another with the different variables of the way that she violates a court order. Mm-hmm. Her evidence is proving to her that she's not, that she's not following the court order. Yeah. Well, I let my mom take the kids to Idaho for Christmas. Oh, well, that's nice of you. Um, but she didn't ask me if she could. Yeah. You know, these roads are so dangerous. You know, I can't have my kid, but you know, that's okay for them to go. That's fine. It's, it's okay. You know? Yeah, it's, it's unreal. And so Damien, we're going to take a quick break here for just okay. a minute or two. And then when we come back, we're going to get into the other part of your story um, dealing with the recall of this judge and your website and everything you want to do. So, guys, we'll be right back in a minute. Hey there, this is Alan, the creator and founder of Father's Lives Matter. A couple times a month, I'll be doing an interview with a father that is fighting to be in his children's lives. The highs and lows of their battles, how it affects their life, and what they hope for in the future. Each show is a unique view into the reality of the family court system from a father's perspective. I'm shining a bright light on a topic in society today that is not talked about. We are fathers and our lives matter to our children. All right, guys, welcome back. So we are with Damian Chango telling his story, and uh, this is the second segment. Um, so Damien, we've talked a little bit about this on the phone, about your situation with the judge. Obviously, those who are watching this, you know, we saw you telling about the judge and how basically he's not doing his fucking job. Yeah. He's doing everything but his job, basically. Um, so when you first reached out to me, you talked about wanting to recall him. So let's just go ahead and start right there and kind of go from there on that. Okay. So I had the idea, um, Obviously, like I said, we're a really tight-knit community, you know, with, I, I know people, you know, our county from Mammoth Lakes, you know, all the way down to state line, pretty much. Um, I've had a lot of, a lot of people of mine getting screwed, um, even in divorces, uh, business-wise, which the business thing is kind of iffy itself, you know, but for a guy to practice business law, then go right into a child custody case is kind of iffy itself. Um, I had a friend of mine that uh, was going through a divorce and was trying to get alimony. And he just basically said, you're a man, you're not getting alimony, even though his wife was just breaking in dough, you know, but uh, whatever. So I decided, um, you know, to be the voice because a lot of people understandably are, are, are scared of, 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 you know, people who are, are, aren't supposed to be above the law, but who are the law. And I got a lot of people that are like pat me on the back, go, 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 that I'm sure are, are watching right now. And if not, they're going to see it later. So I started this campaign. Uh, I actually started it back uh, 
a few months ago. And then after everything, I had a, I built a website. The website is uh, recalljudgemagic.com. Um, I built the website. Uh, it has links to um, how to file a complaint with the, the Commission of Judicial Performance, which are supposed to oversee uh, judges, officials, and referees to make sure this type of stuff isn't happening. And I, I, I did that, and it went absolutely nowhere because it's, you know, California. Um, I then uh, had a, a hyperlink to show people how to appeal to the Supreme Court. And last, lastly, uh, there is a link to my change.org petition for his recall. Um, I've been trying to get in touch with the state attorney general to find out the stipulations on the, on the recall, uh, what signatures are needed, what signatures will be honored, what signatures won't be honored. Um, because of our demographic of our, of our per capita being so small, I don't know if there's a percentage or if it has to come from the state. That's something I'm, I'm learning on working on now. Um, so I foolishly took my website down, uh, after it was about 90% complete. So I'm back now in the process of rebuilding it and it's to educate and inform people mm -hmm. that people have been wrong. And I want to, I want to stress this point so heavily. I don't want people to go on there and I don't want people to, to, you know, fight our cause and fight our fight just because they got screwed over by the judge. If you're a deadbeat dad, you're not doing the shit you're supposed to do. You're not calling, you're not visiting, and you have all the vices that you need to have to have that parental relationship with, with your children, and you're not taking advantage of that, this isn't for you. This isn't because you're upset at the judge because he, he gave you the wrong judgment. This is for people who are getting screwed continuously by the system to take advantage of. That's, you know, you, if you want to go out and file a, a complaint with, with the commission, that's fine. They're just gonna throw and they're gonna scrap it anyways. But at the same time, if there's enough complaints that are made, they might actually start looking into it and doing what they're supposed to do. So that is the silver lining of that situation. But this is not for you to take advantage of because you're upset of a judgment. This is for people that meet like me and people like I'm not gonna mention names that are grabbing their ankles and 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 not getting what what they're supposed to get. Well, and I, I think that's a good point to make because one of the things that I've noticed in the time that I've been doing this is you have a lot of, I guess, fair weather supporters Absolutely. that jump on and jump off. And, you know, all that does, guys, is that bogs everything down, like, he, like Damien was saying. And, you know, it's not going to get us anywhere. You know, this, I mean, this kind of thing is for people that have been seriously impacted by the courts. And seriously impacted by the judge who is supposed to be non-biased, number one, you know, and number two, they're supposed to do their job. They were put there to do a job and situations like what Damien's dealing with, that's just absolute bias, total bias on the judge's part, you know, and this is a platform hopefully to change that. So guys, if you're just a fair weather supporter, you know, you're doing more harm than good by jumping on there and doing that. So don't do that. And there's also the thing too, you know, there's a lot of people that, that they want to step up and they want to take that chance, but they're, they're just so fearful of repercussions, which, you know, if repercussions come after the fact, it's, you know, it's provable, but at the same time, like, well, you're going through this and nothing's happening. So I, I, I got a really good, uh, you know, uh, friend, couple, friend of mine, you know, couples that 
went through this this horrendous uh, alleged child abuse case with their little baby, and um, it's heartbreaking because these are these I gotta be the most kindest, kinded, hardest, kind hardest people in this entire town, you know. And and I told them, hey, I'll advocate for you, I'll fight for you, let's get this done, let's get this out there. And, and they're like, no, you know what? I just I don't want to deal with it. I, I don't want I don't want to see what's gonna happen, you know. So. You know, we, I, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm everybody's voice. Um, we stand together. There's nothing he can do. We're within our legal right to do what we're doing. As for me, uh, he can't do nothing to me, and I know that. He can, he's going to try, but he's so smug and, and, and confident right now. And when we get into the second segment next week, I'll explain that to you. But he just, you know, there's two people in this county that are untouchable right now, and one is the judge, and the other one is my child's mother. So um, I'm out fighting the fight for us. Um, I, you guys want to, you know, join me, uh, the ones that are qualified to do so I'll be your voice. I'll be, I'll be the, the frontliner and, uh, I'll take full responsibility for any repercussions that you guys think you may have, because until we stand up and say something and start fighting this injustice, is this going to keep happening? And there's going to be more dads and, and more moms. Cause it does happen to moms too. Yeah. There's going to be more, more dads, more moms, and there's going to be more children separated from their parents. So, you know. And that's exactly it. You know, you talked about people being scared and, you know, it's, it, I'm not going to bullshit. It's a very scary situation to be in yeah, because yeah, you've got somebody that is way up here, you know, that is above the law, you know, that can bring down hell on somebody that, you know, stands against them in a lot of different ways. And so I think a lot of people do get scared about that. And when, you know, it's time to shit or get off the pot, you know, they bail, yeah. you know, and, and I, I can totally understand that. You know, I've been in that situation, you know, when you're facing a corrupt system and you're trying to do what's right, you know, there's so many different things that can go wrong in a heartbeat and you know, and that, and that scares the shit out of a lot of people. Yeah. So also, you know, there's a couple of business owners. So my campaign, it, it goes beyond just my, you know, my educational website. It goes beyond my, my online petition. I'm actually, you know, going to be, I'm making, I'm going to be making flyers. I'm going to get, excuse me, get business cards. I'm going to be sticking them on windshields. I want to be plastering them all over the, the local markets and, and the post office anywhere I can that will let me post them. But I've had a couple business owners that was like, you know what? I, I know you're right. And I admire your fight. And I, I wish I could, I could support you, but I don't want to lose my business over it. So they, they think, you know, that, Oh, he's going to come back and retaliate against anybody who advocates for me. Legally, he really can't, you know, yeah. but if he gets put in his put in this place, he's only going to make his situation worse by doing that. You know, so I just want to stress that point that you guys don't have anything to lose. We're in the parameters of the law. And, um, and like I said, I'm, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll represent you. I'll represent, I'll represent anybody who is deserving. And from the people that I know, there's only been a couple people that I wouldn't advocate for. Now, how many judges are in your county? Is this one of those situations where he's like one of two or three? Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. So we have, you know, I, I, we have a couple county prosecutors. I th actually think he's also a county prosecutor because he did do a criminal case within the past few years where um, some guy did a really heinous crime against a child. He sentenced him to 60 years. So if he's able to, uh, to, 
make criminal judgments and he has to be in some sort of capacity a criminal justice attorney or judge as well. But as far as our county goes, you know, we have just, like I said, we just have a handful of, of judges. We have a, short, a, a shortage of judges. We only have four real attorneys in the county because there's, there's only 20,000 of us, yeah. you know, and that's why I said it goes back to them feeding the pot. This has been an 18 month trial with more than adequate evidence to prove my point. And here we are up until eight days ago, still dragging it on, still, well, let's do this and let's do that. So that tells you right there, they're all in bed with each other. And that's one thing too, is I wanna get this investigated. I don't know if that's on a federal level or if there's anybody that's outside of liberal California that can look into this, but it's definitely a racket, definitely a racket. No, absolutely. You know, and I've, I've talked to a couple other fathers that are in California and they're in different areas of California. I've got one that's, well, two of them that are in LA that have the same judge and they're going through something, you know, that's almost identical to what you're dealing with. Same kind of thing where, you know, they've supplied the records, they've supplied the proof, you know, that they are good fathers and that they are stable, but yet the mothers are just running roughshod over yeah. everything. Like I told you earlier, the mothers are looking at the court documents and wiping their asses with it and the judges are encouraging it. When you're the judges don't court, care. When you're sitting in court and you are flat out telling the judge, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do and he doesn't act on it, what does that say? Yeah. I'm not going to take my son to see his dad. He can come to Elko to see his son if you want to see his son. I'm not taking him. He tells, so Myers counsel, when my son was, was with me, I'm always the one responsible for him to visit his attorney. Mm -hmm. Not one single time has my son been in the, the care and custody of his mother that the judge has had her take him to see minors counsel. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he told her, I want you to go take Gannon to go see his, his attorney, Therese Hankel. And she said, I have two kids in sports. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and he's like, mm, well, um, okay. So let's just wait for dad's weekend. You know, yeah. so yeah. half his day can be taken while he's over here getting drilled for an attorney who's advocating for the mother. So, and, and one, one thing to point out, so minors counsel is essentially a, um, a gal, basically. It's, it's, it's a dollar part of the racket. You know, yeah. I, 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 so what I didn't, you know, I was going to get into the second segment. Um, when, when he reversed the order, well, we don't got to that part yet, but I was ordered to pay minor counsel fees. Okay. We both had to submit, um, affidavits of of income and he got hers even though she's you know claiming that they're sitting on you know tens of thousands of dollars we'll get in that next week you know and um i turned mine in i'm like dude you know like i i'm at that point forty thousand forty thousand with attorneys in two different states i can't pay attorney's fees she hasn't paid nothing you know i was like no you're gonna pay them so i ended up paying so now i'm paying minor counsel fees and an attorney that's working pro, pro bono for my child's mother. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely a racket. Yeah. You and I, I, I want this investigated. You know, I, I want somebody to come in here and say, you know what? We're going to clean up this shit. We're going to clean up ship. And, and this is going to stop, you know? So you mentioned earlier in the segment that you went to the oversight basically for oversight for judges, attorneys, um, and it didn't go anywhere. What, what was their take on it? Or well, did they even look at it? Which are, are you talking about the commission of judicial performance? Yeah, or are you talking about the state performance bar? that? Yeah. So, so I sent them, um, a four page, uh, docket, which is also in my drive for anybody to read. 
um, outlining, outlining the points um, because my child's mother is guilty of gross negligence. All the moves, all the instability, all the different, the, the different school districts, living in a camper trailer, bouncing from here, bouncing from state to state. It's gross negligence. You're endangering my child. He's, he doesn't have stability. And by that being said, for the judge to advocate for her and take her side, he is also guilty for aiding and abetting with gross negligence. Oh, he is absolutely. helping her being grossly negligent. Well, and I would also assume that obstruction would factor in there. Absolutely. And I, and I laid that out. Like I said, it's in my drive. And, you know, anybody that sees this that wants access to it, I, I laid out, I think, 27, 27 points of why the order is being violated. And that was, that was before the second half of, of – that was only halfway through all of this. I have, like, another 30. And, 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 and I'm holding stuff back. You understand what I'm saying? So no, they said, oh, we see no wrongdoing and we see nothing. But again, it's going to Sacramento. It's not going to, you know, Montana. It's not going to, you know, we're not in Nevada. We're not into in Arizona. We're in, we're in California. And you know how that works. Oh, absolutely. So he was, you know, nothing. And it was, it was weird to me because when we get into segment, uh, the segment where the, the custody got reversed, I had originally thought that that was a part of it. I thought that he realized that, okay, well, this guy's kind of on to me, so maybe I better throw him a bone, you know, which he yeah. did. But coming up next week, I'll tell you why he did that. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, I definitely look forward to hearing that. And, yeah, Damien, <laughs> you need to be shopping this around to Hollywood, man. Oh, I, I told you. Huh? This is some crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, it's, and it's, all, it's all 100% verifiable. Man, why don't you go ahead and hold up that sign? Okay. So people can get a good look at that. So I only I have Instagram and Snapchat for my own personal social media, but I don't do social media really much at all. And everybody I have their personal friends of mine, but I did open up a Facebook campaign. I opened up an Instagram campaign. Um and I have a change.org petition. Is that too bright? Do you need me to dim the light? Yeah, dim it down just there you go. So my Facebook is uh, Recall Judge Magic. Uh, my Instagram account is Recall underscore Judge underscore Magic. My email is effective. If you guys have questions or want to see stuff for yourself, it is info at RecallJudgeMagic.com. Um, my website, I'm still in the process of constructing it. So that should be up. Hopefully I can get that done this week and get it, get it back out there. And I also have a change.org petition for his recall. Um, the links are available on the Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you guys need direct links or any more information, feel free to email me. Um, Magit is spelled M-A-G-I-T. And so that's my cause. And that's the info I have. And all you guys have to do is reach out to me. If there's something you think is fishy, then I can, you know, we can bet, you know, 20 bucks on it and I'll prove you wrong. Well, yeah, and, and looking at your drive, man, you've got, you've got a ton of documents on there. So it's and, and that's not even everything. I still have maybe like at least 25% more that I haven't even uploaded yet. Wow, that's a you lot know? of stuff. So I hopefully I know I get, I get somebody that's, you know, up top that oversees something that can look and see like, holy shit, like this is for real, you know, and, and that will take that into consideration. Hopefully there will what, what I would have hoped the commission of judicial performance that didn't and be like, you know what, this is, this, this, this is crazy. Now I wouldn't be surprised 
that if my court dockets at the courthouse ended up coming up missing. Yeah. You know, they go to subpoena the record. Oh, well, we just had a data failure. Data failure, you know, like when I very first filed my court, I shit you not, my court file, that was the very first trial. Was that big? Yeah. Okay. Now they're probably calling in, you know, Sierra documents with a truckload and a pallet jack to take it in there. Well, you know, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens because if one thing I've learned, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, looking at the political aspect of the country, you know, data, you know, documents and things like that, they have a way of growing legs and walking off oh, surprisingly yeah. enough. Yeah. You know, we see that time and time again. So I would not be surprised if that happens. And it's a good thing that you're doing that, that you're backing that up and you have proof that, Hey, you know, you're telling me you don't have the documents. Bullshit. Here they are. Yeah. You know, and you can print them right out as needed. And her evidence is, her evidence is her to find the court order. And it's mind blowing to me, <clears throat> you know, but like next week, we'll, next week we'll get into, uh, she filed a fake restraining order on me. Um, I had to fight that. And uh, there's, there's still a few twists and turns and some more delicious factoids coming up. Man. So we're going to, we're going to have you on again next week, this date, same time. Okay. And, uh, We'll dig in a little bit deeper and uh, see where we go at that point. Okay. Excellent. I appreciate right. everything you do. And I appreciate all you guys out there for the cause. And unless we keep fighting, it's just going to get swept on the rug. No, absolutely. I agree with you. All right, Damien, thanks for coming on right. and I'll be in Thank touch you. with you here over the next couple of days. And then we will talk again next week. Okay. Excellent. Appreciate you. All right, buddy. Take right. it easy. Okay, bye. All right, guys. So that was Damian Chango um, telling his story here in episode one. Pretty crazy, man. He's got a really good story full of twists and turns. You know, the kind of thing that you'd only expect to see in a Hollywood movie, that kind of thing. But uh, Damian's going to be back next week to talk about episode two. And then we'll probably go another episode after that, maybe two more episodes, just to kind of get everything in about his story. So if you like this episode, be sure to tune in for the next episode, all right? I'm Alan Donovan, and you've been listening to The Father's Truth. Have a good night.